Welcome to the Yesteryear Chronicles, where we take a trip down memory lane and explore the events that shaped our world on this very day. I'm Adrian, your trusty historical guide. And I'm Becca, your resident science enthusiast and lover of all things pop culture. I'm here to keep things interesting and remind us that even in the past, there were still memes and TikTok dances, or at least there should have been. It's hard to imagine a world without those things, but history still has plenty to offer without them. Let's take a closer look, shall we? Well, let's start with a space-themed story. On May 15, 2005, the Hubble Space Telescope confirmed the discovery of two additional moons orbiting Pluto, Nix, and Hydra. This discovery brought the total number of Pluto's known moons to three, including Charon, which was discovered in 1978. Wow, that's amazing. I guess we're always learning new things about our solar system. What else do you have for us? Next up, on May 18, 1969, the Apollo 10 mission was launched with the goal of orbiting the moon and testing the lunar lander. This mission was a crucial step towards the historic Apollo 11 moon landing, which would take place just two months later on July 20, 1969. The Apollo missions were such an incredible achievement for humanity. It's amazing to think about the amount of planning and hard work that went into making them happen. And finally, on May 18, 1860, the Republican Party held its national convention in Chicago, where Abraham Lincoln won the presidential nomination over William H. Seward. This was a historic event as Lincoln would go on to become one of the most important presidents in U.S. history, leading the country through the Civil War and helping to end slavery. That's really interesting, Adrian. It's always fascinating to look back at historical events and see how they've shaped our world today. Thanks for sharing these stories with us. Today, we're taking yet another look at the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. On this day in 1994, the Israeli troops completed their withdrawal from the Gaza Strip, ceding the area to the Palestinian National Authority to govern. Wow, that's a significant development. Can you tell us more about the context leading up to this event? Certainly, Becca. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict has been ongoing for decades, with the Gaza Strip being a hotly contested area. In 1994, Israel and the Palestinian Liberation Organization, PLO, signed the Gaza-Jericho Agreement, which granted partial autonomy to the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip and Jericho. However, tensions between the two sides continued to simmer, leading to multiple conflicts and military interventions. So what prompted the Israeli troops to withdraw from the Gaza Strip? There were several factors that contributed to this decision. One of the main drivers was the growing international pressure on Israel to end its occupation of the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. The United Nations, the European Union, and other global bodies had been urging Israel to withdraw from the occupied territories and allow the Palestinians to govern themselves. What was the reaction to the Israeli withdrawal from the Gaza Strip? The response was mixed. On the one hand, the Palestinians celebrated the withdrawal as a victory and a step towards achieving their statehood aspirations. However, some Israelis opposed the move, arguing that it would only embolden the Palestinian militants and lead to more violence. What has happened in the Gaza Strip since the Israeli withdrawal? There have been some positive developments, such as increased economic activity and the rebuilding of infrastructure damaged during the conflicts. However, the situation remains tense, with sporadic outbreaks of violence and political instability. The Gaza Strip is still subject to a blockade by Israel and Egypt, which severely limits the flow of goods and people in and out of the area. It sounds like there's still a long way to go towards achieving lasting peace in the region. Absolutely, Becca. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict remains one of the most intractable and complex issues in the world, 
with deep-rooted historical, religious, and political dimensions. Achieving a peaceful resolution will require sustained efforts, goodwill, and compromise from both sides, as well as the support of the international community. On May 18, 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted in Washington, United States, killing 57 people and causing $3 billion in damage. Becca, what can you tell us about this catastrophic event? The eruption of Mount St. Helens marked one of the deadliest and costliest volcanic eruptions in the United States. The eruption was caused by a combination of magma buildup and tectonic plate movement, which triggered a massive landslide and a subsequent explosion. Can you describe the impact of the eruption on the surrounding area? The eruption sent a plume of ash, gas, and rock shooting more than 15 miles into the air and triggered a lateral blast that flattened trees and buildings up to 19 miles away from the volcano. The ash fall from the eruption covered an area of more than 22,000 square miles, causing widespread damage to crops, infrastructure, and transportation. That's truly devastating, Becca. How did the local authorities and the government respond to such a catastrophe? The response to the Mount St. Helens eruption was a coordinated effort between the local authorities, the state government, and the federal government. The eruption triggered a state of emergency, and the National Guard was deployed to help with the response efforts. The Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, also provided assistance and resources for the recovery and rebuilding process. It sounds like a massive undertaking. Were there any major lessons learned from the eruption of Mount St. Helens? Absolutely, Adrian. The eruption of Mount St. Helens highlighted the importance of having robust disaster preparedness plans and emergency response protocols. It also emphasized the need for continuous monitoring of volcanic activity and early warning systems to alert communities of potential hazards. The eruption of Mount St. Helens was a tragic event, but it also led to significant advancements in volcanic research and hazard mitigation. Today, we celebrate the birthdays of some incredible talents, starting with the hilarious and multi-talented Tina Fey, who was born on this day in 1970. Yes, Tina Fey is a force to be reckoned with. From her iconic portrayal of Sarah Palin on Saturday Night Live to her brilliant writing on 30 Rock and unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, she's proven time and time again that she's one of the funniest people in the industry. Absolutely, Becca. And we also can't forget about the musical stylings of Jack Johnson, who was born on this day in 1975. With his laid-back acoustic sound, Johnson has become synonymous with the beachy, carefree vibe that many of us crave. I love Jack Johnson's music. Some of my favorite songs of his are Banana Pancakes, Better Together, and Flake. What about you, Adrian? I'm a big fan of Upside Down and Good People. But let's not forget about the amazing Chow Yun-Fat, the iconic Hong Kong actor and screenwriter, born on this day in 1955. Chow Yun-Fat is a legend in the world of cinema. Some of my favorite movies of his are A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, and Hard Boiled. What about you, Adrian? I'm a big fan of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Bullet in the Head. Chow Yun-Fat is an actor who can do it all. Action, drama, comedy, and he always brings his A-game to every role. And that's all for today's episode of the Yesteryear Chronicles. We hope you enjoyed our journey through history. Before we go, we want to remind everyone that today is International Museum Day. So why not take some time to explore the museums in your area and learn something new? We covered a lot of ground today, from the Israeli withdrawal from the Gaza Strip, to the eruption of Mount St. Helens, and the birthdays of some of our favorite feel-good celebrities. See you tomorrow for more Chronicles of Yesteryear. Yesteryear.